The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the All-American Brit Podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I am your host, Johnny McEwen. And today it's all about golf, and I'm joined by my good friend and friend of the show, Matt Moretz. How are you doing, Matt? What's up, Johnny? How are you, man? I'm good, pal. You know, it's referred to as the fifth major. It's the Players' Championship. It's considered the best field all year. It's all pros. It's their championship. It's the Players' Championship. TPC Sawgrass from Pointe Vedra, Florida, just a few miles away from Jacksonville. After two rounds, you know, Thomas just exploded on Saturday and Sunday on his way to claim the title. He uh, went four under on Sunday en route to his first Players' Championship. So first off, just first impressions, JT, our Players' Champion. What did you think of the players, Matt? In terms of the players, I'm not a huge players fan. Um, I know people kind of qualify it as the fifth major, and I guess if you were to, if you were to qualify anything as the fifth major, it'd be this, but um, it was just, it was awesome to see the, the level of golf being played by Justin Thomas. And uh, certainly after all of um, the trouble that he's kind of gone through the past few months, um, starting out when, uh, when he was playing at Kapalua and getting dropped by Ralph Lauren, you know, that I'm sure was pretty, uh, it was pretty uh, horrifying for him, pretty, um, pretty embarrassing. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of moved on from that. And, and, you know, the way that Justin Thomas carries himself on the course, I was thinking watching it, I, was, I, I just, I thought, it's kind of crazy that we live in a time now where Justin Thomas, even though Lee Westwood's, you know, a veteran considerably, um, Justin Thomas is probably the most accomplished veteran out there. You know, a lot of young guys coming up, a lot of new guys um, certainly were in the field this week. But I think that of all of them, Justin Thomas was the most seasoned and he certainly carried himself like that. And his putting was great, but I think I've never seen, I haven't seen ball striking like that all season. Um, you know, he struck the ball so beautifully. And I think at one point he had 20 consecutive greens in regulation, which incredibly difficult, um, especially at a Pete's eye course, like, like Sawgrass. He was one green away from going 18 for 18 on Sunday. Uh, it was really the eagle on 11. Uh, he had two straight birdies and then an eagle on 11, which propelled him into the lead. And he just looked too good all day. He was consistent off the tee. If you if you give yourself a second shot in, you can kind of throw it into one of these bowls at TPC Sawgrass and give yourself a tap in birdie. He hit he hit one of the most beautiful five irons to end the day on, on Saturday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Put it within a couple of inches, tap in, eagle. I mean, th- that's what's kind of magic about this course. And, you know, you say about the players, I, I understand exactly where you come from. People refer to it as the fifth major. A lot of people, I was, you know, I've been hearing chatter and, you know, in my kind of following the game and people put it up there next to the masters uh, a lot of people have the perspective of you know the, the best the best major that i'm always watching is the masters and then it's the players and i think partly that reason is because of the location and you're guaranteed every year to know that course and and it is a fun finish 16 17 and 18 at tpc it really is and it's an iconic iconic hole number 17 the island green it is a challenging hole it played the toughest hole on sunday it's it's a t- it's a fun track and the familiarity of it is what what I think people love about it. 
for me, it's just the fifth major, though. It's the Players' Championship. It's an important one. It's a big It's a big one to get under your belt. The players care about it. And fans really care about it because of the location. But 2022, we've got the British Open at St. Andrews. And I'm telling you, first tee off till last putt, that is must watch. And people will feel that way about a Masters because they love the location. They love where it is. But you know, when a, when a tournament at a, is at a special place, it really matters. And I think that's why people love the players is because it is really a special place. I see. I'm... I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there. Um, Please just do. From my personal perspective, because I've never liked the players. Um, you know, there there are I would say three tournaments out of the year that I make sure that that Sunday was cleared up that I watch. Um, first and foremost, obviously, as you know, is the Masters, and then I would say that the U.S. Open would be second, and then the the Open Championship would be third. I think one of the reasons that I don't necessarily like the players is because I don't know. TPC Sawgrass, like I do Augusta. I've never seen Augusta. I've never played it. I've never, I've never, I've never seen a blade of grass at Augusta National Golf Club. However, I and I'm sure you can share this as well. I know that course so well, and it's and it's kind of crazy how well I know that course. TPC, I know 16, 17, and 18, and that's pretty much it. I've never really been a big Pete Dye fan because, as we saw on on, on Sunday. Um, Justin Thomas hit his drive on 18 and very nearly uh, went in the water. And that could have ruined the tournament. It's like, well, is that, is that really, you know, the guys played absolutely out of his mind all day and one bad bounce to, to lose a golf tournament and, you know, one bad hop on a, on a, you yeah, know, you clip, a, you clip the bulkhead and you're in the water, you know, you, you exactly. You know. Yeah. And so I, I've just I've just never been a big fan of it. I understand that the that that people get excited over at the 17th green, but I just think with the addition of the PGA and because it's an NBC tournament and the Golf Channel is uh, owned by NBC, for me it always just felt like I'm like you guys are more excited about this than I am. Whereas you know Augusta is just the Masters to me is just. It, to me, it doesn't even come close, but I, I understand why. I'm why not saying it, I'm not saying it. I'm, I'm not saying it really even compares, but it is a special event because you know I I I guess we do kind of have a, an interesting disagreeing here because I Pete Dye is actually one of my favorite course designers. We obviously just recently lost Pete Dye. I think he's created some amazing courses and talk about finishes. You know these little par three finishes is you know and, and there's something that people love about that kind of visual gratification of being like, I know what that looks like. And I, and so you say, you know, 16, 17 and 18. I know those two. I know one, two and three pretty well too. I've also played a, you know, a golf video game as a kid where the players was a really featured event on then. So I learned it by playing that a bit. And the magnitude of the players is, is something and it is something special. I love this move of it to March. I think I like it before the masters. I think that's one thing that we could potentially agree on that this should be the, the prelude to a season instead of being like, and here's the players. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it is a good jump off point of, can you meet this moment? And I think JT did. And you talk about it coming down a one shot at the end. I, I was rooting for JT's ball to go in the water there because we got Lee Westwood behind him. And so I know maybe we don't agree on the tournament, but I know we can agree on the field and we can talk about some players that we love. I wanted to see Lee Westwood win this tournament yesterday. He carried it on, you know, he had the the lead going into a Sunday and just another runner up, another missed opportunity for Lee Westwood in his career. What can you, what can be said about his career and what can be said again about this moment of him just missing it on a Sunday? Well, listen, I, you know, coming into it, I had a pretty good idea that, um, 
that Lee Westwood, or uh, I guess the two the two Brits that are close to the top, that uh, Lee Westwood and Matthew Fitzpatrick weren't gonna weren't gonna do anything anything uh, stellar because their their Premier League teams, respectively, uh, aren't doing so well on the table. So I knew that that was kind of riding <laughs> on them as well. But uh, Lee Westwood, obviously, being a big Newcastle fan, and, and Matthew Fitzpatrick being a diehard Sheffield United supporter down to his down to his score book he's oh, yeah. got the United yeah he's got Sheffield United uh, yeah, uh, the swords he'll have fun in the championship league next year it'll be great for him but uh <laughs> anyway but yeah no I I I, I agree with you I, I think Lee Westwood I was certainly pulling for him I love JT but um I've always been and, and it was funny it was it was only maybe five or six years ago that I realized like geez Lee Westwood's always I always see Westwood on the scoreboard I always see him kind of in contention and never really thought twice about it until I was like this guy has come so close so many times and he you know he got in shape recently as well he looks great um from what I hear around the tour just such a great guy as well and um yeah you're just you're pulling for him all day long I think and and in respect to the players being in March, I, I actually kind of like that it was on, it ended on Mother's Day in May um, and that the U.S. Open ended on Father's Day and that, you know, the start of the golf season really kind of was the Masters. And that was the, you know, certainly it, it felt that way living in the Northeast, you know, you and I knew in college and I know now you don't really know because you can play golf all year round. You know, now it's, it's, we just had a warm weekend here in New York and April's kind of looming and, and you're, uh, you're getting excited for the golf season. I, and that's, and that's, I think what's special about the masters and certainly doesn't take anything away from the players being in March, but it is an exciting event. And I think that all that said about my opinions, my personal opinions on the players. And I think that this, this tournament watching it was, was so exciting. And it was nice to have the battle of uh, precision golf and Justin Thomas and uh, bomb and gouge and Bryson DeChambeau and veteran uh, play by by Lee Westwood. It you know it was it was really cool. It, it had everything on Sunday. And I thought, to, and, and I'm mention, uh, not to mention Corey Connors as well. I mean you know a couple putts away, Corey, but he's he's Canada's biggest star right now. Um, and uh, and he he won at Valero a few years ago and and burst onto the scene. And uh, I, I like his play a lot. Um, he was a, he was he had a three part on what was it one of the par fives he had a three part where he could have taken a one shot lead at one point and posted a score early he was he was right in contention and 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 you know all eyes were kind of on Bryson and Lee from the get go everyone kind of you know Lee dubbed it the rematch on Saturday I thought the winner was going to come from this group whether it was going to be Bryson again Bryson looked a bit tired he had a couple of very strange shots uh, off the tee, not looking like himself, really. I, all eyes were on the final pairing for me. Did you think the winner was going to come out of the rematch? I would say at the beginning of the day, yeah. I think that either Lear or um, or Bryson was, was, were going to take it. But And that's the thing, too, is Bryson hitting that 370-yard drive at Arnold Palmer, um, you know, just last week was impressive. But Justin Thomas the way he played and managed himself um, around TPC Sawgrass to me was, I think far more impressive um, because that's harder to do. And uh, you know, Bryson's changing the game in his own unique way, but I don't think he, I think he's changing his game, but I don't think he's changing the game. And I think I could be very wrong and will, and time will tell um, if that, if that changes, but um, 
you know, we've talked about this before about how he said that that Augusta National is a par 67 for him. It's like, all right, pal, well, then go out and win it. Then, you know, if it's a 67 for you, then then you should have you should, you know, win this no problem. And to do what JT did to do what Tiger did for so many years, that's that's to me more impressive to, to combine ball striking, to combine short game and putting um, and course management, you know, to me is, is, is more impressive. Bryson's still got a lot to prove. I think he's one of the, you know, biggest storylines in golf right now, but he's still got a ton to, to show. I mean, he's got the potential to be an absolute superstar, but I think, you know, a big conversation is, is just, is Justin now, you know, considered one of the, the big superstars in golf. And I think that, you know, maybe another major and he's there he, We're talking about 14 wins. He's young. He's on a list of, you know, he's only 27. He showed his nerve. He showed his patience and he showed an incredible round of golf. Uh, Bryson did look tired. Like I said, I think, you know, maybe he, I, I don't know that he was, he quite had his a game. He was going after some shots that were just so tough he was trying to keep the ball low and going for way less club than everyone else he was two clubs down on everyone you know if they were hitting a four iron on a par three he'd hit a a six or try and sting a seven in i mean he he has a really unique approach to the game there were quite a few funny moments off the tee but he, he absolutely topped one but then it was on a second shot where he he had this funny exclamation Did Bryson get a new sponsor or, I mean, oh, my Lanta. I mean, I've heard some funny exclamations, but that one really did stick out to me. He's the new Matt Kuchar. He's the big buff Matt Kuchar. Um, <laughs> yeah. <with that> <laughs> Pretty all shucks. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the Philip Rivers of the PGA Tour. You know, there were some big moments, you know, on Sunday, of course, leading to the finish. But it was a really exciting start to the week, I thought. Uh, Sergio was off to an incredible start. Seven under after 18 and alone in the lead for a long time. And then Sergio's putter just went absolutely cold, as it has done, unfortunately, in the past. Missing multiple putts inside of five feet. He even missed a 24-inch putt. And there are folks already you know, online that were questioning that measurement. They think it was actually shorter. It looked, um, shorter, it looked shorter on TV. And I think, I, I thought it was like five, seven inches, but. Um, yeah, the like, angle they had on it looked tiny. Maybe, you know, maybe it was 24 inches. It didn't, certainly didn't look at. What did you think of Sergio's early start? He's, he's won there before. And, and, you know, considering the Lee Westwood conversation, I think that Lee's proven himself to be one of the most consistent golfers in the last 20 years. Top five, top three, maybe, in, of European golfers. Do you put Sergio in that category? Absolutely. Um, you know, Sergio, I've always said with Sergio, if he, if he could putt somewhat decently, um, he would have far more success. And I think that Sergio's putter has been no... It certainly wasn't wasn't any surprise this week. I mean, he missed that, that I guess, that twenty four inch putt, which still, I mean, two feet is is a tap in for these guys. You know, the fact that I'm even talking about it is crazy. But um, it, him missing putts like that, it's it's no surprise. The guy's to total head case um, with the flat stick, which is why it was so remarkable that he won the Masters, where you just you have to be a an outstanding putter. And you know, I think. As far as consistency goes, I think, yeah, he, he goes toe-to-toe with, with Lee Westwood, for sure. In terms of career longevity, um, I would put Phil Mickelson in there as well. And, you know, but he's obviously one of the greats, and, and Sergio's, 
really all, he's only won one major. Um, you know, it's and it's tough to it's tough to have longevity in this game. Uh, another point that I would make in terms of in, in in favor of my argument about the players, you know, Rory McIlroy, if he doesn't win a major this year, he'll go seven wins, seven years without a major win, um, which is remarkable um, for one of the best players in the world uh, in the prime of their career to go seven years without a major. And that's all the talk on on, you know, in the media about how Rory hasn't won in seven in, in six years and and, you know, Tiger slumped for 11 years before finally winning his Masters. Both of those guys won players championships in that time and people don't talk about it. And, you know, and, and if and if the players is truly the the tournament of, of the magnitude that that the media makes it out to be, then why then why are we not talking about Tiger's win in 2013 and Rory's win? And I, I think it was 2019 that he won. You know, that those are those are you know, those are big wins. And certainly for Tiger in 2013, he won five times, one of them being the players. To me, that's remarkable, all things considered. But his comeback will not be that that will not be his comeback story. And granted, he suffered from injury. Um, you know, he, de- he dealt with scandal and he dealt with injury as well um, prior to winning that player's championship. Why will that not be considered his comeback? You know, why is his comeback the tour championship of the Masters? Um, you know, I just think it's interesting. And I think maybe the, the tournament's played up a bit um while it's happening and then people kind of forget about past winners and and um once once the years kind of roll on one thing that was nice about this year was it was the 20 year anniversary of him winning in 2001 Mm. and the better than most call was uh kind of an iconic one and and they did reference that a bit so that was a quite a memorable and the players was a kind of part of that um completing the tiger slam in 2001 and it showed his his dominance but one thing i will say that that I, I enjoyed about the first opening rounds is that a guy like Sergio could go out and shoot seven under, but then a guy like Henrik Stenson goes out and shoots an 85 at 13 over. And there were a lot more who really suffered at the hands of this golf course on the first day. 36 balls went into the water at 17. For, on the first day, there was a bet that was, uh, are there going to be th- even 30? They trumped it on the first day, 36 golf balls in the water. And Ian Poulter made a video that went viral. Just take a listen to this. We've got a hell of a lunch table there. Players' lounge. So collectively, four people sitting at this table, myself, Rory, Henrik has just left, and Tyrrell. 29 over. <laughs> oh, what a bunch of Muppets. <laughs> what I love about that video is that Henrik's not even in the video. And a, a bit, he's like, Henrik, who's just left. The video went viral mainly because of Henrik Stenson's 13 over that was a big reason that got them to the number 29. So he he don't, he not only went viral, but wasn't even in the video. I mean, it's just the worst day for Henrik Stenson. Uh, well, him and him and Poulter have kind of been going at it um, with pranks on each other on Instagram. If, it, if, you follow, if you follow Henrik Stenson and Ian Poulter on Instagram, and I say they've been going at it, Henrik's been, been pranking... Uh, Ian Poulter pretty hard because people don't realize that Henrik Stenson, one of my favorite golfers of all time. I love Henrik Stenson. He is, uh, he's hilarious. I mean, he's just got this amazing comedic timing. He's so dry with his humor. It's just, it's, it's hysterical. Um, and if you don't follow Henrik Stenson on Instagram, you absolutely should to, uh, to keep up with all of his shenanigans with, with Ian Poulter. But Hey, listen, you know what? I, I, 
I'm sure Ian Poulter, he's recovered from his from his poor start because yesterday Here in the North London Derby, his beloved Arsenal Here we uh, go. put down uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, so I'm sure he's happy. I'm sure he's, he's forgotten about that. <laughs> But Poulter's a notorious Gunner, huge Arsenal fan. Look, TPC Sawgrass is a it's a part of the TPC family, a destination course for many. And so there are lots of people who go and who want to try and put a ball on the 17th green and obviously people put it in the water. But what's funny to me is that they how bummed out they were. But the majority of, of foursomes that probably go around there, you know, all summer think, oh man, if I could just shoot an 85. <laughs> you know, and that's what that's what Henrik did. And he was essentially out of the tournament after nine holes. Uh, another player who didn't miss the cut, but only by a narrow margin was that of Victor Hovland. Victor and the kind of youth movement on the PJ Tour has been taking everyone by storm. Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, I think are the two brightest young stars in the game to watch. Matt Wolf is also a really exciting young talent, but Hovland was people's pick to win this week and uh, he, he, he missed the cut and there was a quite a unique moment. Hovland went to mark his ball, but it was on the putting surface, but it was in line of somebody else's putt. So he had to move his putt over, the the ball mark over. After the person completed the putt, he went to move the ball, the ball mark back so he could putt from the correct position. And he slided over, made the putt, walked on. Goes, signs his card, walks into the parking lot, and he's on his phone with his mum back in Norway. And the first thing she says is, did you get a two-stroke penalty? And he goes, what are, you ta- what are you talking about? And he says, well, when you move the ball marker back, you moved it to the wrong position. Did they notice that? Did you? And he went, oh, no. What I think is incredible is that uh, Mrs. Hovland caught something on a live stream from Norway that the TV announcers, the players alongside Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland himself, PJ rules officials, nobody caught it. But Mrs. Hovland did on the live feed from Norway. They went back, reviewed the tape. He was given a two-stroke penalty. And wouldn't you know it, he missed the stroke. He missed the cut by two strokes, missing weekend play. I, I thought it was quite a quite a mishap. That you know, How did you not know that that wasn't the same putt? It was quite a different angle. Did you, did you see the story? Yes, that's some tough love from, uh, from Mama there. But uh, listen, you know, Victor's going to have plenty of... Uh, plenty of success in his, in his, um, in his career. And I think a lesson learned in, in diligence, um, in marking your ball. I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly an issue on the tour of, of little, little rule violations here and there. And I think the thing that I find so interesting is that when stuff like that happens, you know, yeah, there is usually talk among the TV announcers and they get reports of people calling in to report rules violations or club grounding or, um, things like that, or the thing that happened with Patrick Reed at the Farmers um, at Torrey Pines. What? Where? I'm I'm curious as to what what is this number that people are calling to call in for uh, for people like with to make rules? Like I'm I'm just curious because I, I don't I don't I wouldn't know who to call. Like, do I call CBS, NBC, PJ Tour? Like I don't know. But obviously Victor's mother um, got a direct line of communication line. from uh, yeah. I just love that they that she's probably all set up at something like ridiculous, like three in the morning in Norway, watching Victor's you know and going oh look, look at where he marked his ball. He did mark his ball in his spot. That's, That's a, a mother's love. Story. I'm telling you, yeah, it's a mother's love. She should be very very proud of her son. He, he you know he's he's had a great year already. He already got a couple of wins, and I, I expect a lot more from Victor Hovland.
you know, we did talk about 2019's players champ, Rory McIlroy. He didn't make the cut this weekend. Rory was really frank with reporters after his first round and second round Friday. Take a listen to some of uh, Rory's comments. Like all this, the swing issues and where it all stems from probably like October last year, doing a little bit of speed training, sort of getting sucked into that stuff. Um, swing got flat, long, um, too rotational. Obviously added some speed and hitting the ball longer, but uh, what that did to my swing as a whole um, probably wasn't a good thing. So I'm sort of fighting to get back out of that. At the US Open, I, I sort of look back at Wingfoot and I look at my swing there and I'm like, I, I would be pretty happy with that again. Um, and then after Wingfoot, you know, I had a few weeks before we went to the West Coast and I started to try to hit the ball a bit harder, hit a lot of drivers. I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't anything to do with what Bryson did at the US Open. I think a lot of people saw that and were like, whoa, you know, if this is the way they're gonna set golf courses up in the future, it helps. What's your first thought on this? Rory chasing Bryson's speed. You know, Bryson's done something incredible, bulked up, drives the ball a mile. Rory has been known as one of the longest hitters on tour, but he's fallen prey to some of this speed stuff. What are your, what are your first thoughts on Rory being intimidated by somebody else's game and not, not just playing his? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, the adjustment that the adjustments that Bryson has made in his swing has been remarkable. And I think it's certainly the way that things are going um, amongst a lot of players on the PGA Tour. Um, a friend of mine who I played high school golf with, Michael Kim, uh, he won the John Deere a few years ago and hits the ball far, doesn't hit it as far as, as some of the top guys. And I think that it's, it's, the kind of, it's the kind of thing where, you know, would you rather be 170 yards in the fairway or would you rather be, you know, 80 yards from the rough? I mean, you, anybody would rather be 80 yards from the rough. And so this emphasis on distance has been so uh, big and so profound. And I think Bryson's really, he's obviously taken that very, very seriously. And he's done a lot of adjustments. Um, Rory is, is also following suit. Um, you can't necessarily get in your own head about it because you really have to play your own game. And Rory is, I would say, the best, um, the best driver of the golf ball on the PGA Tour. Um, I would say between him and Dustin Johnson, I think that he's probably, he probably edges Dustin maybe a little bit, but um, what Bryson did at Wingfoot was remarkable. Um, I was lucky enough to play the course uh, a couple of years ago and um, some of the spots that he was hitting it, I, I was just like, it's just mind boggling, just mind boggling. It's crazy. And um, you know, it makes these courses like uh, Beth page, which I play out here now quite a bit and Torrey Pines, which I grew up playing um seeing where those guys are hitting their second shots from it's like good lord you know it's it it makes the game so much easier when you're hitting driver 330 340 dead center of the fairway and you have a sandwich in your hands from 130 yards it's like good you know geez. but that's what kills me about these comments because rory was i mean i've got to look at the exact number but i think it was something like averaging 320 325 326 something like that in that range you know, the, the, a number like 370, throwing that up there and, and the big finger point in the moment, you know, it was, it was quite a moment. I got to be perfectly honest. It was a bit too long drive competition for me at somewhere as respectable as Bay Hill and the part, you know, and I do think that Bryson has respect. I'm not, not saying that. He's got an immense respect for Ben Hogan. He's got an immense respect for the game and the history of the game. I'm not saying any of that. 
look, I think that that's what crushed me. What crushed me about these comments from Rory is that he already has an immaculate driver in his bag. He drives the ball. He's one of the best drivers on tour. That's not been a problem for him. So getting a bit more speed is fine. What he has to have been focusing on and what I've, I've thought he's needed to focus on in the last five years has been his putting. It's been it's been about putting. That's been his weakest point in his game, and I'm sure he knows it. But of course, you're going to try and get yourself in better spots off the tee box. But I think I think now it just goes completely back focused on putting. You know, he had the Spider X for a little while. He's actually switched to a blade just recently. Rory's one of my guys. I follow him really close. I really love Rory. I love his golf swing. I think it's perfect. And seeing it get faster has been exciting because you know the whole game. You know, it's all about swing speed now. But he just got he's just got such a great game and i think he can learn he, he's smart enough to take a look at this week and go yeah bryson's been in the final pairing each week but you know who also has lee westwood and lee westwood's yardages haven't changed in 15 years this i watched an interview with him and he says i've always hit it this far cuz it's just you know and and he's gotten back in shape he's doing well but he still hits the ball exactly the same length because that's what it's about on the on tour it's not just about it's i don't want to see the tour turn into a long drive competition i think it's still about immaculate play which is why again i love that 17 at tpc it's a hundred yard wedge shot with tons of potential to miss it and it's a shot that every single golfer from the pro to the amateur needs to have in their bag and that's what golf is for me right and i think when it comes down to it you look at a guy like bryson DeChambeau who pays tribute to ben hogan with his with his signature hat and, and he, he considers Ben Hogan, his idol. I think Justin Thomas exemplified Ben Hogan far more than, than Bryson DeChambeau did with his play on Sunday. You know, his ball striking was Hogan-esque. Um, the way he carried himself was just uh, not as, not as cocky or confident as Ben Hogan, but um, with much, with so much more maturity, um, not swearing, slamming clubs uh, that Bryson and, and guys like John Rahm are known to do. I can't stand it bug it it really bothers me and you know even at at, at Riviera um with Max Homa and Tony Finau Tony Finau blisters the ball uh, Max Homa hits it pretty far too but that playoff could have gone either way you know you weren't looking at well you know Tony Tony Finau hits it far hits it much further than Max Homa so he's probably going to edge him out you know it could have gone either way and 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 the truth is yeah you made a good point it's you know, to win at the players, you have to get through hole 17 four times. To win at Augusta, you have to get through hole 12 four times. And, you know, we, and we, we talked about this before, Molinari, Poulter, Finau, Kepka, all those guys went in the water on 12 in 2019. And then Tiger Woods steps up and puts it in the middle of the green because he wasn't trying to go for the pin. And that's course management. And that's, that's what wins you majors. That's what wins you the players. And um, JT, apart from his drive on 18 nearly going in the water managed his way around the course extremely well um i don't know the exact stat but he i think he did either on thursday or friday he did go in the water on 17 but still ended up winning the tournament first guy to do that since like 2015 or something guys guys have done it before but he put one in the water but still ended up winning the tournament again, which i think is a cool story too but that's course management i mean that's right, what it comes right, down right, to. Right. It, it, you, you're gonna hit balls in the water you're gonna hit bad shots you're gonna make you're gonna miss putts also helps when you make like four eagles on the par fives, which he did this yeah. week. Um, but part of it, I mean, a lot of it is picking yourself up, dusting yourself off and getting back to it. Because when you sit there and you, you know, you get angry and you, you swear and throw claw, I sound like such a geezer right now, but like, like, you know, Bryson does, it, it doesn't, it doesn't suit anything. It doesn't, it doesn't help you to regain momentum. Um, you know, stuff's going to happen. Balls are going to go in, in, in the water and you got to, you got to rebound. Absolutely. I, re I really respected 
uh, you know, Justin Thomas's steely determination, Hogan-esque, absolutely down the stretch, has acted with great class. You know, it's, it, you know, it, it, you mentioned it at the very beginning of the show. You can't not mention what happened at Capello this year and the, and the kind of remorse that he's shown and and uh, you know, kind of respect that he's shown. He's been dropped by a lot of sponsors, but he's he's still going out and playing incredible golf. He lost his grandfather just a few. Uh, months ago, I believe, and you know, an amazing golfing family, a, a pro golfing family. His grandfather was a PGA pro. His dad was a PGA pro. Gave him lessons. Justin has been, a, you know, golf phenom. Him and Jordan Spieth came up around the same time. I think that you know we're going to be following Justin for a long time to come. And he is your players' champion. The American stars and stripes will fly in the players' flag at the players' championship again until 2021. And I, I'll be sure to book you again, Matt, because I know how much you love the players. So this time next year, <laughs> listen. Hey, my opinions on the player will the players will will stand forever. But I I really I want to emphasize that I I really enjoyed watching this this tournament because it it started out very differently than I thought it was than I thought it was going to end up. And watching Justin Thomas play like that, I haven't seen golf like that in a long time. The guy played out of his mind, and you, it's just it's it's an amazing thing to do on a Sunday at um, at a big tournament, um, regardless of the ma- it, be, it being a major or a, a regular season event or the players or WGC. It's it's remarkable to see. You know, take, it takes it takes a lot to win it on a Sunday. Lee Westwood still looking for his big Sunday, but it was JT's at. 2021 players thanks matt for chatting with me about the players i really appreciate it thanks again to matt moretz for joining me here on the all-american brit podcast on our players championship special i hope you enjoyed it be sure to follow me at aa britpod on instagram and twitter and keep listening here on the all-american brit podcast on believe podcasting network as always i'm your host johnny McEwen, and until next time Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.